This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. Why don't you open your Bibles to Acts chapter 16. Now that we have the three services, I really try to um, pace myself. And I know that I've, when you've been somewhere this many years, you know, uh, uh, people have watched you grow. Um, I'm going to say more mature. And, uh, uh, and so I've really tried to pray, pace myself. But I can promise you that I, I won't hold back if you don't hold back. Can I get an amen? Amen. I feel something stirring in here this morning. Wasn't that powerful worship and just, just anointing? And God's up to something. So why don't we pray, and then we're going to go to Acts chapter 16. I'll bring you a message this morning entitled, Breathe, Breathe. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, and thank you for your presence. And God, I'm asking you. Mm. Father, I know what you loosed in this house last service, and I want to thank you for the very assault of the enemy that's come in between services, uh, even upon my body. God, I thank you that right now you are going to show yourself strong in this place. And Father, I thank you that by the power of the Holy Spirit, this revelation word is going to manifest in the lives of this congregation, and we will live under the freedom of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, Acts chapter 16, verse number 16, I want to take you to a, a passage that, that's a little confusing, but I want to show you uh, what uh, is at play in our world, why I think it's at this time in our world, what it's doing in our world, and what we can do about it. And, and I'm going to tell you, I believe that what we can do about it is extremely powerful, okay? So what's at play in our world, what, uh, uh, what it's doing right now in our world, and what we can do about it. Acts chapter 16, beginning in verse number 16, reads like this. One day as we were going down to the place of prayer, this is speaking about Paul and Silas, one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit that enabled her to tell the future. So I want to just be real plain about this. They met a girl who was demon-possessed, and she had this evil spirit that had a hold on her, okay? She had earned a lot of money for her masters by uh, telling fortunes. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God, and they have come to tell you how to be saved. Now, I want to stop and ask you, what's wrong with what was just said? What's wrong there? What's wrong with the declaration that, that she's making? She's not making a negative declaration. She's saying, listen to them, listen to them, listen to them. But there's something that she's doing that's drawing attention away from their message back to herself. I want you to catch that because she was following the divine assignment of their lives. This went on day after day until Paul got so exasperated that he turned and he said to the demon, notice this, within her, he said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ. I, I just feel that every time I read that part. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And instantly it left her. Boom. Totally free. How many of you know that Jesus can deliver you in a moment? Amen. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. But notice 
what this spirit does next. It, it, it doesn't just leave her, but it goes into the town and it begins to stir up using uh, its greatest strategy. Watch this. Her master's hopes of wealth, her master's greediness was stirred up. I want you to see that. Okay? So I'm talking to you about greed. What am I talking to you about here? Greed. Let's, let me get everybody on board. What am I talking to you about? Greed. greed. Their greed was stirred up because their hopes of wealth were now shattered. So they grabbed Paul and Silas and they dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. So just to be clear, demon-possessed girls distracting from the work of God. Then all of a sudden she's released and greed begins to move in that evil spirit and he stirs up the town and they take the whole uh, the, the, those, Paul and Silas and the men with them, and they drag them to the city center. The whole city is in an uproar because of these Jews. This is what they tell the authorities. They shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are illegal for us Romans to practice. A mob, what they're saying there is uh, that the ruler of Rome was supposed to be their only true God. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. I'd like to illustrate this this morning. Is there anybody that would like to volunteer to help me? Okay, no, all right. They were severely beaten, and then they were thrown into prison. Praise God. Nobody's rejoicing with me yet. But the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. Now, here's where he made a mistake. So the jailer put, say this word with me, put them. Not him, but them into the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Not just Paul's, but who? Their feet in the stocks. Notice this point. I want you to catch this. Around midnight. Now that's important to this message. Around midnight. I believe that it was around that midnight hour for a reason. I believe that it was around the midnight hour because that we were going to be looking at this as a sign of what's happening in the midnight day. I believe that we are at the midnight time of this world. I, I, I know that's not popular, but I want to just declare it. I believe that we're at the midnight hour because I believe that one day, not that far off, there will be a trumpet blast, there will be a shout, heaven will open, and the Lord himself will descend from heaven. I, I want to be real plain about that. And I want you to see something at the midnight hour and when the enemy is working this strategy that's in this story, at the midnight hour when this strategy is working, it is in that hour that a midnight miracle is going to happen. I believe that a midnight miracle can happen because around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations and all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of of every prisoner fell off. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, it was a midnight hour with a midnight generation. I want you to get that. A midnight hour with a midnight generation. There is no one who is listening to me today. There's no one who is present here today that this generation that you're in, that you were born in by mistake. I know some of you think you should have been born in the gunslinger days. Come on now. Amen. But you were not born into this generation by mistake. 
It was by divine appointment. I, let me just tell you that I don't care who told you you were a mistake. It was not by accident that you were conceived. You are a divinely appointed person in this generation to make a difference in this generation. I want you to catch it. You were divinely appointed to make a difference in your family. You were, my God, I feel the Holy Spirit. You were divinely appointed to make a generation in this community. You were divinely appointed to make a generation in your school. Can I get an amen? Come on now. You were divine. Oh, I got, that was a weak amen. Let me say that again. God has ordained spirit-filled young people. He's been firing up all summer long to make a difference in their school. You have a divine assignment in this generation. But here's the problem. When you have a divine assignment in this generation, there are spirits that are attracted to divine assignments. And what we see in this story is Paul and Silas are on divine assignment, and this spirit is not coming against them to harm them initially. It's coming against to distract from their message. Why? Because the spirit is chasing them, going, listen to them, listen to them, listen to them. I told you, I told you, I told you, listen to them, listen to them. And it's this frenzied environment, because what it was trying to do was turn the situation around so much so they could not operate in their divine assignment. Listen to me today. The enemy wants to make your world such a mess and such a frenzy, and, and you have so many things going on in your mind that you cannot operate in the divine assignment that God has given to you. The enemy wants to go with Pastor Don. It's not all bad. No, the enemy wants you to get involved in so many different things that you can't breathe, that you can't think, and you feel like you let everybody down. And before long, you let your time with God go because you got to keep up with something else over here, and you've lost your divine assignment because there's too much going on in your life. And I want you to see what happens in this story because it's important that you understand there's a spirit at work that wants your assignment. Why does the enemy want your assignment? The enemy wants your assignment because you have a position and he's lost his position. And he wants to take your position away from you because he no longer has his position. You have a position. Matter of fact, I don't know where this is coming from, but you even have a position in this service this morning. You can stay out of your position thinking about all the problems and struggles and, and worries, or you can step in your position, create an atmosphere of worship that invites the presence of the Holy Spirit into this place. You see, we have a position that we have to walk in. Pastor Don, who, who poured gasoline in your cornflakes this morning? Come on now, amen. I'm feeling fired up, hallelujah, amen. I'm feeling it, but why? Because I know, I, in, the, in the first service, I looked over at Carla. I, they weren't even through singing yet. I said, I'm trying to start preaching right now. I feel this this morning. I feel that God has sent me with a message against the spirit that's trying to destroy this divine midnight generation. You see, in this story, they're operating in their gift, and, and this demon that's within her, it's the only demon in the book of Acts that's given a name. It's important to recognize that this demon is given a name. This demon's name is Pythonos. And you know, a, a local pastor, Pastor Franklin, has written books on that, and some great messages he's preached on that. But, but, but the spirit by name is Python. Why is that important for us to see? It's important for us to see it by name because that spirit is particularly attracted to a midnight hour miracle in a generation that, that God's wanting to do something in. I want you to catch this. It does not tell us that it's the spirit of a snake. It does not tell us that it's the spirit of a cobra that will strike or a viper that will strike. But it clearly tells us that it was the spirit of the python. 
Now, you have to understand in the Bible, look, I'm not trying to dog your snake if you've got a pet snake that's 14 foot long named Fluffy. I'm not trying to dog your pet snake, but in the Bible, snakes are representative of demonic forces. In the beginning, Satan himself came into the garden in the form of a serpent. We understand in Luke chapter 10 that Jesus said you will tread on serpents, that you will have authority over those demonic powers. We, we understand that, that Satan himself is still called that, that cheap, uh, that, uh, yeah, cheap, there you go, that cheap serp, serpent, amen. Come on now, say cheap serpent, come on, amen. So why does it say very particularly that this one is a spirit of Python? And I'm going to get us somewhere where we get to this breathe part of this, but I've got, you, I've got to help you understand what spirit is at work trying to take your destiny away. You see, the spirit of Python, I'll never forget, we were up the Amazon River uh, one time, and as we docked, I saw these two children down by the, uh, the water there, and, 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 and for some reason, they just kind of stood out, and, and I, I was a little freaked out because they said, be careful getting out, there's piranha in the area. You look like you're big and bad. You've been walking on water. Come on, Amen. I, I, I quickly get out of that, and I get up on the shore, and they're down playing by the water, and, and the missionary grabbed me and said, Pastor, I just want to tell you about these two children. I said, oh, okay. They said, uh, they're orphans. And I said, okay, what's the story? And they said, about three months ago, uh, they, uh, the village was awakened to screaming as they woke up, these two children awakened, and a large snake had taken their mother. You see, the python doesn't come in and strike and then just wait for you. The python wraps itself around you. And then we, they're called constrictors. You know this. They're called constrictors. And as it wraps itself in a line, you need to understand that the python wants to choke the life out of you. As it starts wrapping itself around your mind, starts wrapping itself around your life, it gets tighter and tighter, and it's wanting to rob you of your breath. Because every time that it chokes it a little bit tighter and constricts a little bit tighter, you, you, you lose your ability to, to be able to take in the air, the, the breath that you need. And why does the enemy want to take away your breath? You need to understand that in the Bible, breath represents the Spirit of God. What happened in the garden? God made, made everything, but only one part did He make out of dust Himself. And then the Bible says He breathed into that. The breath represents the Spirit of God. What happened in John chapter 20? Uh, Jesus breathed on them. When He breathed on them, He said, receive the Holy Ghost. In Acts, the Spirit fell, not like some water, but the Spirit rushed in like a mighty rushing wind because it was the breath of the Spirit of God. And the enemy wants to sneak into your life and he wants to stop you from breathing. Would you help me for just a moment? Would you look at your neighbor and say, you need to breathe? We provided some mint somewhere in the, here this morning in case you need them. Amen. You see, the enemy knows if he attacks you in a dramatic way, you'll rise up and fight. I want you to get that. He realizes if he knocks you down, it can make you shake yourself. I'll never forget one time in our church, I went to my office and I used to lock myself away anytime anything went wrong. But this time I went to my office and I said, I'm not going to spend days in here trying to figure out what's going on. I said, I said, God, with your help, we're going to do something amazing. And then I stopped, I'm going to be honest with you, I stopped talking to God and I spoke right to the enemy. I said, like I said, devil, this was your mistake. I said, I was distracted and discouraged, but now you've made me mad. 
I said, now I'm going to get up and I'm going to go out of this office and we're going to start a soul winning campaign and we're going to win people to Jesus because you done stirred us up. So what happens when you get hit with something dramatic? Let's say you're going home from, from church today. Uh, let's talk to the young people. You're going home from church today, and boom, you smack into something, and it's not that bad, and you're kind of looking around, and you're going, oh, no, i got to call mom and dad. What are you going to do next? God. In heaven, if you'll just help them not kill me, come, if you'll help them not make me come see you this week, God. I promise whatever they need at church, I'll help. Come on now. Or you get that test. I used to pray right before that pop quiz. Living God, I will do better if you'll help me do better on this quiz. Come on. So when you get smacked with something, you'll stand up and fight. But when something creeps into your life, when it constricts a little bit at a time, am I making sense? Just a little bit at a time. And that's what that spirit of, of, of Python does. And I'm going to tell you how it's doing it in our world today. I'm just, can I just deal with a couple of things? In our last service, we have the whole section of, of people that, that, that are getting free from the, the powers of, of addiction. But the spirit of Python works in the powers of addiction. Look, just because it's lawful does not make it profitable. Kids nowadays, joking. Because the nation's divided. I'm just going. Can I just go there? Can, is it, can I just go? Whether or not it's all right to smoke marijuana. Not one amen after that. People, that's how Python sneaks in. Do you not know what marijuana does to your brain? Marijuana kills brain cells. I know some of you. You need every brain cell you have. But it. Where'd that come from? It kills brain cells. And it's coming in and it's grabbing hold of a general. It's sort of like they had to, before they started the lottery in Georgia, they had to open offices to help with the addiction to the lottery in Georgia because there's a ton of little kids that, that they, get, they can't eat the tickets that daddy spent the grocery money on. And now we're trying to figure out how to help a generation that's mind's getting blown and they don't even understand the power of the addiction because the, the, the spirit has a hold. Do you know they did a study at a university and then this university in the study they found that a bunch of students and they pulled them all together and they said, we're going to give you a month of, of free marijuana. And they, the students were like, okay. Every day for a month they smoked marijuana. At the end of that time, they gave them their, on the 31st day, they gave them their, their regular daily fix, but they had taken all the THC out of the marijuana, the part that makes, it, makes you get high. They took it out. They got just as high off the modified marijuana because what they discovered was that that had grabbed a hold of their mind. And they had what was called a psychological high. It satisfied them. And what the devil's trying to do is he's trying to get our generation let down his guard so that instead of being sharp, we can be dulled. There's not a parent in this room that shouldn't be saying amen. I've been dealing with all kinds of families having to deal with 6th, 7th, 8th graders in, in drugs. You need to shake yourself. Oh, let's just go on a little step further. Almost... Every single young person in America today has somehow been exposed to pornography. Can't turn on the television. And then they have friends at school with the apps. 
And I don't even need that because social media is inundated with it. You see, you've got to understand how Python works. He, he, he puts mental pictures in your head. Now let me just let me just say there's, there's some more. If I say if I, I I say banana, you what do you see? A banana. Some of you saw banana split. You're very that from my own heart. Come on now. <laughs> if I if I say Corvette, how many of you saw a red Corvette? Can I just see? We have another service for you. Come on now, hey man. You see, if I say White House. How many of you saw 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue? Anybody? See, your, your mind. See, I, I, I don't see that first. I see the first home I lived in. We called it the little white house. And a little tiny, tiny, tiny little white house. But your mind associates pictures and words together. Okay? So what Python's trying to do to this generation is he's trying to put the wrong pictures with the, with, with the words. Can I dare to tell you that Python wants to strangle the life out of your marriage before you ever even have one? I'm preaching truth. You take a generation of young people, and it used to be a boy problem, but now I counsel, it seems like, with almost as many women that have the problem as, as the boys because it's so inundated. Uh, you take a generation that has all these mixed-up images, and their marriage is doomed before they get there because when they think sex, they're thinking that. I can wait for my amen all day long. You see, Python's sneaking in in our minds. He's getting a hold of our minds. Can I just go one more? That's what you're listening to. Can I just read you lyrics from some of the most popular songs today? Let's see here. From somebody named Zane. In the place that fills your fills the tears, the place to lose your fears. Yeah, reckless behavior. A place that is so pure, so dirty and wrong in bed all day long, bed all day. Some of you will recognize this song. Cause your, cause your sex takes me to paradise. Yeah, your sex takes me to paradise and it shows, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pastor Don, why are you? Well, you, it's, it's in the, your car is on the way home. You make me feel like I've been locked out of heaven. Who's that? Bruno Mars. Ed Sheeran said, I'm in love with your body, and last night you were in my room. Can I dare to tell you that I can't even quote Justin Bieber's Despacito? I can't even quote it in here. Number one downloaded song. Number one downloaded song, and it is filthy. Beyond filthy. It, it, it literally is porn pornography. And our young people proudly singing it because they can sing Spanish. Singing porn. You see, that's how Python works. It just sounds cool. It just sneaks in. It just grabs hold of your mind a little bit at a time and a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And, and, and people who were once full of the power of the Holy Ghost are now singing filth. Well, maybe I need to move on. Or maybe I'm preaching truth. Because you need to understand that your life will always gravitate to the dominant images that you allow into your mind. If you're filling your mind with junk and you're listening to junk and you're looking at junk, you're going to end up in a junkyard. 
So now we know where, who he is. And we see a few of the ways he's working. See, because you know, what sound does a snake make? Yeah, you tell you Python doesn't. Python says it like this. One day, one day I'll stop. One day I'll pray again. Can I just preach for a moment? Tomorrow I'll do better. And he's, you know what the Bible says? He said, I'll send snakes among you that you cannot charm. Half of us think we got that, char- that snake dancing like us, but Python's just wrapping us up. I'm preaching truth here. Now look, I want to bring this to the power of how to deal with him. Because the reality is, let me just be real plain, everybody here has dealt with that. Everybody here has dealt with it. But I want you to get this. Get it real simple today. Here's how you deal with Python. You have to learn to breathe again. You need to breathe. Now let me show you in the Word. I told you that when Python was, was, was kicked out of this girl's life, he went into the city and he began to stir up a certain element. Do you remember what that was? He stirred up them for what? Greed. Say it with me. What? Greed. And because he operates in the area of greed, he doesn't realize that greed will destroy you. And greed won't only destroy you and I, but greed, greed destroys his attacks. Because here's what he did. Oh, you know what? Can I get the, the, the youth worship team? Come, come up here, youth worship team. Come help me real fast if you would. You don't have to walk cool. Come on, come on, come on, come on. It's natural. Ethan says it's natural. All right. You see, Python works in greed. And as he sneaks in to take their minds, he, the problem is he can't be happy just destroying Ethan's life. Okay? He can't be happy pulling him out and, and just killing Ethan. Because he operates in what? But what's his weakness? Let me, let, me, let me help the rest of you. He operates in what? Greed. What's his weakness? Greed. He got greedy in this story. Because he didn't pull Paul out and isolate Paul and beat Paul isolated. What did he do? The Bible says he put them in the same cell. In the same cell. (laughs) Thank you. Y'all lock arms together there. Lock arms together. He put them, I feel the Holy Spirit, in the same cell. Well, do you think I would bring you to God's house and talk about some demon and make him seem all, all that and not tell you that he is really just a defeated, cheap serpent? Come on now, amen. That he is really just a defeated, cheap... If you let him stay, he'll destroy you. But I'm trying to show you how to get free. I feel the Holy Spirit. What happened was this. The Bible says that in his greed, he took them both. And when he took them both, you see, the devil just doesn't want one child to kill himself. He wants them all to die. The devil doesn't want just one Holy Ghost-filled young person to lose their footing. He, He wants them all destroyed. But what he doesn't understand is there's a reason... How many of you young people went to camp? How many of you right here went to camp? All right, yo, come here, come here, come here, come here, come here, come on, come on, come on. 
Run, 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 run. Get up here, get up here, get up here. Come on. You see, there's a reason, and I feel the Holy Spirit. There's a reason He got you away together. There's a reason He started manifesting. There's a reason He manifested His presence here this morning. Because there's power when you unite together. And the Bible says this. The Bible says that when, listen to me, when they both were put in stocks in the same cell and they both were in the darkness together, something began to happen because one day, we'll just let this be Paul and Silas down here, okay? All right, Paul and Silas. One moment, Paul wakes up. And when Paul wakes up, he, he, he's in the darkness. He can't see anything. All he can feel is his pain. All he can feel is his struggles. And oh, my goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit in what I'm about to say. All he can feel is what he's been through and what Python's attack has because Satan wants to take your assignment. But he wakes up, and then he and old Silas have been hanging out for a long time. They played a lot of basketball together. And in the dark, he recognizes Silas's smell. Are you with me? Come on. He's like, Silas, is that you over there? <laughs> he says, Silas. And Silas stirs. And when Silas wakes up, listen to me carefully. When Silas wakes up, Paul says, are you all right? And Silas said, I, I, I can barely feel my hands. I can barely feel my feet, but, but I'm still here. And then before long, they started communicating with one another. And as they started communicating with one another, what were they having to do to talk? If you're not breathing, you can't speak. And as they began to breathe together in that same place, as they're breathing, all of a sudden, something begins to shift in the atmosphere. And one of them says to the other, we can make it through this. We can overcome this. And before long, an atmosphere shift has changed from the darkness and the pain to one of them says, why don't we give him some praise? Why don't we glorify God? And as they begin... Am I making sense to anybody? The devil's number one strategy is to isolate you. I, I'm, I'm preaching. I know I'm going along, but I feel the Holy Ghost in what I'm telling you. The devil wants to isolate you because if he can isolate you, he can defeat you. But you let two believers get together and you look at each other and say, help me breathe. You start, you all of a sudden, you start moving in that presence of God. One of you starts getting excited. One of you puts your hands up in the air. One of you says glory to God. One of you begins to declare who God is. And... <laughs> Pastor Don, this is just your opinion. No, it is the word of the living God where one or two or three are gathered together where two or more are in his name. Their freedom walks in. Their freedom comes into the room. Can I get the rest of the students? Can I get the rest of the students? Would you come up here for just a moment with the rest of the students? Come on, come on. We're waiting for you. Come on. Because here's what's happening. My goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. God ordained you to be here. God sent you here. Don't make me come up there and have to get you now. Come on. Come on. Now help me, people. Amen. God ordained you to be here. God called you to be here this morning so you can begin to understand why he's put you in each other's lives. It's not to criticize each other. It's not to tear each other down. It's because you are all filled with the power of God and the presence of God. 
Come on now, help me. Help me now. Come on, parents, help me. I declare over you, you are the midnight generation. You are a righteous generation, and you have an assignment. Do you understand that? But here's what the devil's going to start doing. He's going to start creeping into your minds. He's going to come and start sneaking into your minds, and he's going to think he has you isolated. But you're going to walk down the hall with some of these guys. And one of them's going to look over at you and say, Breathe. <laughs> now look, don't misunderstand my point. Last Sunday I preached on stoop. I ran into a family and this woman said to me, she said, Pastor, your message was so powerful this morning. I said, well, thank you so much. She said, yeah, we, got, we went home and we got into a fight and, and I looked at him and said, you better stoop. <laughs> I said, you missed the point. I'm not talking about beating each other up with it, but I'm talking about when, when, when you see somebody discouraged. When you see somebody that acts like they don't have a friend. When you, when you see somebody that's new in the place. When you, when you see somebody that you go to church with and you know they love Jesus and, and they, might be, they might be stepping into a place they have no business stepping. Be friend enough to go put your arms around them. Pull them out and say, I want you to breathe. I, I, I'm here with you. I, I believe in you because you... you Here's the problem. I don't think y'all get what I'm trying to say. Let me, let me just explain to you. The Bible says that when Paul and Silas, come, come over here, Paul and Silas. When Paul and Silas started singing together, breathing together, worshiping together, all of a sudden, everything that held that generation back began to fall. And all of a sudden, it fell off of their arms. It fell off of their feet. It came off of their minds. And when they started worshiping together, the Bible tells us not only did it, watch this, not only did their chains fall, but a revival came into that generation because they worshiped together. You're not on your own. You have been given each other for a reason. Because when they started worshiping, the earth shook. If you, if this group right here would start worshiping the way we worship this morning, but all of us, all in, all the way, I can promise you, we can shake the earth in this generation. We, we can see God move in this generation. I want you to bow your heads all over this place. Young people on the stage, stay with me. Adults, please be standing with me. Stretch your hands this way. Living God, these are warriors. They have not been sowed into to be abandoned. They will be attacked because of the assignment upon their lives. But I declare greater is he that is in them than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. Let me have some of our youth pastors and leaders. Go quickly, come up here and just, just quickly begin to pray for these as we're praying up here. Right here. Just, get, just touch as many of them as you can right there on their heads. And, and let's pray for them. Father God, right now, I declare it in the name of Jesus. From college students all the way down to kindergarten, a righteous generation. Admit, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost of God. You need to reverence what God's doing in this house. 
a righteous generation that, that will breathe out your praise, that will breathe out your, your anointing, that will breathe out your spirit, God. For you have chosen them, God. You have made them yours. You have called them in this generation. You, living God, that they would become encouragers to the body of Christ. That they would stir up environments that would cause their worlds to shake under the presence of God. I feel the Holy Spirit up here. Holy Ghost. Listen, they're, they're ministering to these. Listen, I want you out in the audience to put your hands down. They're going to keep praying for these, but I want to talk to you right where you are. There are people in this room right now while they're praying for these young people. You know exactly what I was trying to declare over them because, bow your heads quickly, because something... Something's worked its way into your life and you know it needs to be broken. Can I see your hand if that's you? Hands all over this place. You can put those down. Father God, right now with these young people and with these in this audience, I declare in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord, I declare every demonic stronghold will fall. I declare that every assignment will be broken and I declare they are free. Loose them. Loose them in Jesus' name. And I declare they shall breathe the presence of the Holy Spirit. They shall worship in this place. Come on, lift your hands up before the Lord. Let's begin to worship Him this morning. You are good, Father, and your mercy endures forever. Oh, who is like you, Jesus? There's none like you, Lord. You are faithful and good. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I feel that. Just breathe in the presence of the Lord. Just breathe. In. You pastor down, it hurts. I've been beat up. It hurt when they started breathing. But before long, they started singing. You shall be free in Jesus. You shall be free in Jesus. You came in here and the devil has constricted your praise. You shall be free. If he has your dreams, you shall be free. If he has your mind, has your marriage, has your home, you shall be free in Jesus' name. Spirit of the Most High God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You're here today and you say, Pastor Don, put your hands down if you would for just a moment. I I want to be able to see clearly. Pastor Don, I, I've had something that's had a hold of me and I, I've never shaken it off. I've never, I've never been loose. But today, I want to give my life completely to Jesus Christ. I want to be delivered. I want to pray with you right where you are. Nobody looking around. I'm looking behind me on the stage. I'm looking in the balconies on the floor. You say, today's the day. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have this torn off me. I'm going to be saved today. That's you. Can I see your hands right where you are? Hold them up high. Hold them up high. Hands going up. Literally all over this place. Literally all over this place. Hallelujah. You can put those down. Join hands with someone near you. You have no clue what God's doing in this house, but He's delivering right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. My goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, Pastor Don, why do you pray the same prayer? Because 
I want you to learn it so that, that you can teach it to others when you win them to Christ. And it's a simple prayer, but, but it is the Word of God. The Word of God says, if you confess Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be washed clean and there will be deliverance in your life. You will be born again. I don't care how much junk you brought to this altar today, how much junk you just represented with a raised hand, you're going to be delivered in Jesus' name. Let's pray this prayer together right now. All of us. Jesus, by faith, I believe your promises. Heavenly Father, I have sinned. And right now, I am condemned. But by faith, I repent. By faith, I receive grace in Jesus' name. I give you my past, my present, and my future in Jesus' name. God is my Father. Heaven is my home. And Jesus is my Savior. Amen and amen. Now come on, rejoice in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.